Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 163 with my friend Margot Forster. Margot is one of my peers, my cohorts, my classmates, my friends, my therapy dinner buddy. <laughs> um, that's kind of an inside joke. I am excited you guys get to hear from her. She's got uh, a fun story and we, we went off on so many tangents. I, I really enjoyed editing this because, uh, you know, I take a lot of stuff out that I don't think is necessary appealing to everyone else when me and Margot go off on random tangents about stuff that uh, doesn't apply, like the first 15 minutes of our conversation, sitting down and figuring out how to arrange the chairs that we're sitting in. Uh, you'll catch the tail end of that. But without further ado, here is my friend, Margot. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Oh. A little. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. See? Okay. Oh, this is fun. I like trying this new things cozy. with these chairs. The yeah, chairs are still better. new. Are you okay? Because I'm facing more straight than you are. You're a oh, bit yeah, of, no, a, of a, a yeah, your spine's I, uh, a little cocked. If you've ever watched me too, I'm going to kick these off. Yeah. I I just move around a lot, so. Yeah, I do too. That's no worries. Okay. Yeah. What do you have, ADHD? Uh, <laughs> hi. Is it starting? Isn't it always? Um, Is it on? Okay. Margo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back in time. Okay. I'm so curious because there's these little narrative pieces that I know of you. Right. And so then I fill in the gaps myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm excited to find out what, what the story is. So let's go back in time. You're born. Okay. Where are you born? I Where... was born in Gross Point, Michigan. So you're born in Michigan. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, to a immigrant French mother. Okay. And a Michigan born father. Okay. What is what do mom and dad do when you're born? Um, work and my mom, I don't remember the exact timeline, but she was working. My dad actually got her a job at a interior design store that that kind of specialized on like French Provencal. Yeah. They're like a design. real fucking French person. Yeah, Hell exactly. yeah! Exactly. Basically, I'm pretty sure the story goes. My dad like did the interview. Like he is like facilitated. How that long for was her. she here before they got together? Like, was she newly immigrated? So really quickly, um, my parents met in New York. Okay. Actually, my dad was in the military. He was in the Marines. Okay. My middle name is Marine. Oh. That's a different story. But um, and then out of the military, he moved to New York to become a stockbroker. So he was in New York and my mom was in New York as a au pair, oh, nice. as a nanny. And so they met there and then she went back to France, but he convinced her to move to the U.S. So when she was moving to the U.S., he kind of felt this responsibility of like, I'm bringing her here. Yeah. I better set her up for success. Better figure something out. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so my mom has had many odd jobs throughout her life. Um, she's a very creative person. Um, but when I was born, I'm pretty sure she was working as a, I don't know, 
a self-taught yeah. interior designer. Yeah. She had good taste and people loved having a real, as in Birmingham, you know, people yeah. loved having a French oh, woman. Yeah. She's so cute and nice and fun to come design her home. So, so that she was like full life in France before she yep. moved to yep. the US. That's she was wild. probably like uh, 25 okay. when she moved to the US. Yeah. And what does dad do? Now? Then. Uh, then uh, he's a finance guy. He's okay. worked. Uh, Numbers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So financial planning, <laughs> uh, stockbroker. Uh, From New York. I know. I know. <laughs> and then currently he works. Um, for a bank, but in like operations logistics. So helping people move their finances from one bank to another and all those kinds of things. I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Cause I'm going to ask you questions. You know, I know the answer to that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, siblings. Yes. I have a little sister, tiny little sister. <laughs> so she's only two years younger than me, but little <laughs> younger sister. Yeah. yeah. She lives in France. Uh, um, only two years younger. I imagine you do not remember her being born coming home. I don't, but there's pictures. Yeah. I was very happy. I was so excited to be a sister. Two years seems like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't super, like, we were close when we were little. I remember turmoil probably in, like, middle school. Um, but I feel like once I turned 18, once I went away to college, uh, we're, we're, we're really close. Yeah. Yeah. She's the person who can make me laugh yeah. the hardest, so... What's life like growing up as a little kid? Um, grew up in Gross Point. Um, it's interesting because I actually don't have a ton of memories of my childhood. I don't know if that's anxiety, if that's ADHD things. That's something that I, I, I feel like I struggle with remembering if, do I actually remember that or do I remember a photo of that? I know that. I know that struggle. Yeah. So what I can remember is, I mean, I, I had a pretty normal childhood, you know, that's so relative and I actually don't love people say that, but I guess for the Took case- Took the words out of my mouth. For Margo. the case of this, you know- um, Well, because tell me what normal looks like, because I'm wondering a few things, right? At some point, pre-junior high, you have a realization where like, hey- my mom's not from here. Right. My family's a little different in that way. That's true. Yeah. Um, so like, what does that look like? Do you remember that happening? I do. What, I, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about I that. I remember um, in elementary school and middle school, there would just be moments where I'm like, how do people know that? How do people, I always talked it up to having an immigrant mother, but you know, in looking back, is that an ADHD thing? There's just social things that I'm not getting. Like people knowing pop culture things or social cue things or even just words i feel like swear words like certain words in the english language that like i was like i don't know what that means um and so feeling an example it sounds like there you have s specific examples of that i feel <laughs> like for some reason it was like sexual things like intimate things that people yeah. would just like randomly you know that teen like think Things that teen boys just randomly say, like fucking teen. Boys. I don't know. I don't even. I can't even remember. Like I don't know. Trying to like teabagging. I have no <laughs> idea what that meant, but I feel like that's a video game thing that people God, Call of I Duty about that? thing. Uh, yeah, I. You know, I. 
I'm always curious because I had an older brother. And so I was exposed to sex and pornography, like probably way earlier than I should. Not as early as kids today because mm-hmm. the world's a terrible mm-hmm. place. But, yeah. I was um, also an old, oldest sibling. Like, yeah. is that where you're going with that? Like, no. you know, okay. But because <laughs> I had an older brother, I would hear stuff and see stuff like, earlier than some other kids, especially mm-hmm. like my friends that were like only children or they were the oldest right. but they were my age. But then stuff would happen. Like I have such a specific memory. It's kid fifth grade, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said something about 69ing. Yeah. And I was like, in my head, I'm, I'm just f- racking my fucking brain. I was like, what, what is that? Just this? And he makes a six and nine with his fingers, like with his hand, mm-hmm. like a gang sign. almost. Right. Right. And, uh, and he's like, this is the head of the girl. This is the head of the boy. And I was like, oh, okay. And in my head, I'm like, they kiss each other's feet? I don't understand. Like, And I was still lost. And it probably took me another year. Right, to, right. And I, when I look back at that, I'm like, even if he had an older brother, like, why did he know that? Right. And I did. I know. <laughs> yeah. Strange. But that's a, you know, one of many tangents, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, um, other things that are coming to like, I was a very, um, social kid, very talkative. All my school reports said, uh, smart, um, likes, likes to, likes to talk a little disruptive, not even a little, sometimes very disruptive. Um, and I still see it to this day. Thoughts that pop into my head. I want to say them out loud. Um, what do you attribute that to as a kid? Um, I, um, was there anything like probably in... wanting to prove that I knew stuff? Okay. Um, yeah, there was definitely some, um, desire to achieve. Yeah. That's always been something in my schooling life, I think. Was that, but do you know what that's derivative of? Like, or is that... Was that just drilled into you from your parents? Were you trying to like separate yourself from your sister in that way? Was there some Desire need for attention sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, in my home, I definitely got a, approval and, and applauded for having good I'm grades and, and, and succeeding. I, I got age, a bit of yeah, like, self-worth yeah. from from succeeding in school. School was not hard for me. Um, it it felt like looking back and people are like i hated school i really liked school yeah. and it didn't uh, other than like when i decided to take honors biology there was certain <laughs> like history or hard science classes but otherwise like i knew it was expected me i played the game really well um but i also have some memories of being really lonely i would um i look back and i'm like i had friends but there would also be in elementary school i have memories of sitting on the swing set i'm gonna get real (laughs) honest for a second uh i would sit on the swing set by myself and i would sing to myself on the swing yeah you want to know what song i sing i do from the parent trap l is for the way you look at me i don't know why i love that song and i would sing it to myself just like self-soothing on the swing set i would close my eyes and i would i love the feeling of pumping as high as i could and just like that i don't know yeah so yeah swinging is uh i still like swinging my god i couldn't tell you the last time i was on a swing 
I'd yeah. Be, I'd be very concerned about the swing set. Now. I get a little worried. Yeah. Is it going to hold me? Can I? Yeah. I think I you're fine, Margo. Yeah. I'm rocking 250 over here. So <laughs> there's a concern. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's exciting. Yeah. Little, yeah. little Margo thing. <laughs> um, it just, I think it's like, I get a little, I get a little sad and tender thinking about that child. Yeah. Um, how does um, your mom's like French culture show up in your house? Yeah. And integrate into your. We, my mom being. spoke French to us in the home. Um, and then my dad would speak English to us. So grew up bilingual. Um, I, th- um, my, when I was growing up, my mom was definitely primary caregiver. My dad was away at work. Um, and he was, he was very involved in his church. Um, so that was certainly, um, a tumultuous, uh, that part was a bit tumultuous. My mom wasn't religious. Okay. My dad was. Um, Where did that lay on you and your sister? We had to go to church. Okay. <laughs> we had to go to church every Sunday. We did um, Sunday school, vacation, volunteered at vacation Bible school. When we were in middle school, we had to do catechism. As kids, we didn't have as much say. I found it pretty boring. I liked the singing. Yeah. I loved singing. Um, and, but it was really hard to pay attention. And I think my dad had pretty high expectations of us of like, you sit, you pay attention, you learn. Um, and it was when I started to get into middle school, my dad and I would definitely butt heads about, uh, about that. There was, I didn't want to go. It was very tricky because my mom, it was tricky for my mom because on one side, she doesn't agree with this, not necessarily agree, but she doesn't see the importance, yeah, but yeah. she's also trying to be a supportive spouse. Yeah. But for example, my dad was pretty tough when, when we were kids, he was pretty strict. Um, not very loving always. Um, he was the disciplinarian. Yeah. Um, there was one specific time in middle school when my sister and I were supposed to go on spring break with my dad he had a work trip to california and we were both gonna go with him so excited and then um there was one week where i didn't want to go to catechism because i had a swim meet it's not like i just didn't want to go i had another engagement and it was so important to my dad that we maybe keep not just keep up appearances, but like his, he was involved in the church. His child must stay dedicated to this thing. And he ended up not taking me on the spring break trip because I had a bad attitude that week. And he took my sister and not me. And that continues to, my mom was very nice. She took me and my best friend for like a weekend away at like a hotel (laughs) to make it up for me. But that was, that was tough. That's a foundational piece of your relationship with your dad and your sister yeah yeah um yeah my sister and my dad are very close yeah um i live at home so i'm there physically (laughs) but we're not we could be closer yeah so we'll see if he listens to this (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll tell my mom not my dad (laughs) there you go um i'm gonna tag your dad uh (laughs) 
he's he's on TikTok, right? Uh, and how often are you going to France when you're a little kid? Yeah, we went every summer. Wow. Every summer for like two months. Wow. Yeah. So do you get what? At what age do you recognize like? Oh, this is like. I'm going to apply a few adjectives and we'll see if you cringe at any of them. But this, so this is not normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is privileged. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is also really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when do you have that realization where it's like, Oh, my normal. Cause see, I want to go back to childhood was normal. We went to France, France every, every summer. summer. <laughs> like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, um, probably in like middle school, I would think, or high school when we okay. started to like, maybe, maybe I don't want to go to France this summer, but that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, is that, <laughs> it's, it's funny to think of like not an 11 year old just being like, I don't want to go to France this summer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's always it's interesting because, yes, on the one side, I absolutely recognize how privileged and lucky I, I was to get to do that. Yeah. I think people have this. I think I try to downplay a little, too, because I think people have this it's romanticized. Yeah. People yeah. have this um, vision of what that means, that I'm spending all summer in Paris yeah. Um, shopping and living this like luxurious life yeah. and it's like it's like going to see your grandparents up north it just takes a lot longer <laughs> to get there so the flight is eight hours yeah and then we would land and then my grandpa would pick us up from the airport and we would drive another eight hours because they live on the <sighs> west coast completely as far west as you can go um so it was, it was always very exhausting. It was also, I mean, it was fun. We got to like, that was my road trip. I never road tripped to Florida. That was, that was our road trip. Um, um, so yeah, so we would go, that was also like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, Is that, well, other, maybe I can leave you there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> other than the exhaustion of like 16 hours to get there, um, where like what was that experience like and were there things happening where like it wasn't just the exhaustion where you know when around middle school you're like i don't want to do this yeah i mean i started having boyfriends you know and i wanted to stay <laughs> in michigan and and hang out with my friends and hang out with my boyfriends yeah um and not go to france for two months six weeks um but we also had friends and family in France. We have cousins, um, and that was the only time that we really got to see them before there was social media and all that. That was the only time that yeah. we got to talk to them and see them. Um, and I, I do love my grandparents. On my mom's side, I'm closer to them. There's three grandchildren versus my dad's side. I mean, we're not, I'm not as close with my dad, but my dad has seven siblings. Wow. There's 25 grandkids. Wow. So, you know. it's a lot of cousins. I'm the oldest on my mom's side. Okay. I'm the special first. The matriarch of the, of yeah, the cousins. Of the cousins, yeah. yeah. So we got more attention when we went there. It was fun. We got to, you know. Yeah. yeah. Did that, looking back, is that also like as you get older and more kids start showing up that attention dwindles and you're like, oh, well. Uh, 
know. I don't okay. think I ever felt that. Like okay. it's, it's me, my sister, and then um, our cousin who's ten years younger than me. Oh wow. Um, my sister has expressed more of that, like middle child, yeah. babies now here. Da, 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 da. So no, I didn't. I didn't really get that. Okay. So what's the wonderful years of middle school like? And what what's your relationship with like with your sister at that point too? Um, towards middle school, we would fight a lot more. Um, just, I don't even, I don't even remember just about like what younger sister stupid shit. shit. Yeah. Stealing clothes. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like, I didn't like her tagging along yeah. with me all the time. Um, we would, I think even as like little kids, we would physically fight and I was a lot bigger than her. So I would hit her, but immediately feel remorse about it. I didn't yeah. like, I just, I maybe didn't have better skills yeah. at communicating. Um, and since she was smaller than me, she would pinch and scratch. Yeah. Um, so that was our, our mode of fighting. But um, in middle school, um, I was, I always had a lot of friends in different groups, yeah. um, but I wasn't, necessarily popular i was very awkward i was taller than everyone um up until i'm the same height now that i was in middle school wow. so yeah yeah i'm five eight um for those of you that can't see me so in <laughs> elementary school and through middle school i was always a head or two taller than everyone i wasn't like a cute little girl yeah. my sister was um she was part of the popular crowd in yeah. her grade um middle school you were getting scouted for, as a model <laughs> i was chubby too so i wasn't no. five eight 12 year old <laughs> yeah it's going uh, places yeah middle school when we talk we know when you talk about like your inner child when we talk about yeah. that wounded child mind stuck in middle school yeah. yeah that's when panic attacks and anxiety definitely started what do you attribute that to there was one specific uh traumatic moment um that i've told a lot of people about um it was in seventh grade i was like the whole story is not that crazy it's just you know trauma is the way that you process it and yeah. so um and i played basketball because i was so tall um and in seventh grade i had to get a physical done um but we had forgotten to do it so last minute we have to go do it usually i think i was always a little nervous at the doctor's offices like a lot of kids um they got freaking needles in there i know i did not like needles um so my mom would always come with me you know she'd hold my hand i'd usually like rest like close my eyes hold hide you know and get get the freaking things done but since this was so last minute my mom had to go to work and my dad was available to take me but so he, we go to the doctor's office, they call me back. I'm like, are you going to come? I didn't know if I wanted my dad to come. I didn't want him to come. Yeah. He was like, go ahead. You're good. Oops. Oh, and you're um, probably at that age where you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And so, so I go back and apparently I'm due for blood work and shots as well on top of the physical. And my dad's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Fine. Do what I, do what you got to do. And I'm like, oh my God, No. And so I put on a brave face. They they do the blood. They do the needles. Um, tetanus shot, which really, you know, messed, fucked up my, t my layup shot. 
But um, as I was leaving, walking out, I remember this so clearly, as I was walking out past the little checkout desk, I fainted. Mm, yeah. And that was the scariest moment of my, up until my little 12 year old life, probably right. still to this day, honestly, that was so scary. I remember coming to, there was similar lights to you having up here the terrible lights. You're welcome. <laughs> and just like faces around me. Luckily someone caught me. So okay. that's, I didn't like hit my nice head. Reflexes, I know nurse, yeah. right? Thanks nurse. Um, <laughs> kind of came to i'm sure they gave me like a juice box or whatever and then and called my dad and he's like what happened and you know went on my merry way had my um did my tryouts that day and then probably a few weeks went by and there was a moment when i was sitting in class and i just started to get this like lightheaded feeling and i was like oh, i'm gonna faint again mm. and i and i you just if you've ever had a panic attack you know the feeling of you just start sweating. Your head is like disconnected from your body. Your heart is racing. You're like you feel like you're gonna pass out. And so I like quickly raised my hands. Like I don't feel so good. I need to go home. Went to the doc. Went to the office, principal's office, whatever, and went home. And this started to happen every couple weeks. Oh. It started to happen multiple times a week multiple times a day and so at was one, there any commonality of what was happening when it, when you started feeling that way um i remember classrooms being hot um i'm sure there may be topics that we talked about in class um anything related to medical anything um would make me feel that um so and, and i asked this because uh, I, I know you've done therapy and everything like was it the so it's the medical doctor stuff yeah but also i don't really remember and i wish i could like specific triggers um but it would be any time this this is where i started to develop a little bit of control and perfectionism stuff yeah. anytime i could associate being hot being thirsty being hungry um, anything where any normal bodily function. Yeah, basically, yeah. And so I was, I would always have a water with me. If I didn't, panic attack. I, mm. I would always have like um a a Nature Valley or like a yeah. chewy bar on me. If I didn't, oh my god, I'm gonna have a panic attack. And then as soon as my mom picked me up and I'd go home, I was fine. Can I theorize? Sure. Because well, when you're telling that story. I'm like, oh, this has nothing to do with needles or blood. It's right. you were abandoned at a time when you normally don't feel yeah. safe. Yeah. And so then anytime you're in these situations where you're like, oh, I don't have the the safety, yeah. the water, the granola bar, like yeah. panic. Yep. But then when you're put in safety like your mom, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, now I'm, now I'm fine again. Yeah. Yeah. Because you feel safe again. Yeah. Yeah. Does my that mom, end up playing? My mom role? was definitely my safety, safety blanket yeah. person. Um, yeah. Eventually it would extend to, oh, well, I'm not going to go hang out with these people. Start isolating. Yeah. Because my mom's not going to be there. Oh, I'm not going to go on the eighth grade trip to Cedar Point. Cause my mom's not going to be there. Oh, I'm not going to go to the Washington DC trip. Yeah. 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 So eventually started, thankfully I did see a therapist yeah. in middle school. Um, and that, that definitely helped. 
Um, I think it helped me at the time. Uh, she taught me different coping skills and it was nice to have someone to talk to. Um, that was through the rest of middle school. I think I revisited her once again in high school, but by high school came around, I was definitely starting to have more perfectionism controlling. I had systems down. Yeah. You know, how did that show up for you? Like the perfectionism, the controlling was that just great? I was perfect or? in school. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I was certainly self-conscious about my body. Um, that, that's something that, um, full blown, I don't think we've talked about it yet. Eating disorder <laughs> developed in, in college, but even as a kid, um, my mom would restrict what I ate, not necessarily on purpose, I think, but she would tell me, you know, oh, stop eating, stop eating, you know, you're not hungry. Um, Do you no, think that No, was you can't eat that. Yeah. Cultural, generational? I think it was a bit cultural. Like I said, I was um, taller yeah. than everyone. I was projected to be 6'1". My dad's side, everyone, all the men on my dad's side are like, my dad's 6'2". My tallest uncle is probably like 6'5", built like a rugby player. They're big. My mom is tiny. Yeah. Her sister is tiny. My grandma is tiny. Uh, my sister's the same height that I am, but she's more thin. Um, for those of you that can't see me, I'm a curvy woman. <laughs> Beautifully juicy. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. Um <laughs> Oh, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, as a kid, I remember um, I would go to parties, family parties, and eat till I got sick, like like physically like ill. Binge. Yeah, I would binge yeah. because we didn't have all the delicious snacks. I loved going to friends' houses. Yeah. yeah, I loved. I knew who had the good snacks, yeah. so I Margo, would. I would go to my dad's house in Florida. <laughs> And then that, like my brother and I knew all bets were off. Right. So like crunch berries and all that shit. Yeah. And then I would like get little Debbie Brown. I hide that shit in my yeah. nightstand drawers yeah. and I'll eat it like a fucking gremlin right, in the middle right. of the night. And I know looking back now that my mom, she's French. She just was, you know, feeding us the way that French people yeah. feed their children. But at the <laughs> same point, isn't it also generational Based on how your grandma has treated you, she probably treated your mom in a oh, similar yeah. way. Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Because <laughs> I can see the way my grandma speaks to my mother. Yeah. Um, and the way that my my grandma did it, too. She would speak to me, too. You know, when yeah. we would go in the summers. That was... I was going to say this, too. When we would go, um, I'm sure there was part of me that didn't want the body comments. My grandma and my... I, I think I forget, but my mom did it too. She She's much better once I got into eating disorder recovery, but her and my grandma would both like poke my body and be like, you should lose some weight. You know, you should watch what you eat. Um, and it was just, it would, it would, it's just devastating. Your whole, my whole insides would just be like, oh God, not again. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that coming from the person that's also like your safe spot. Right. So then I imagine that that confusing. Yeah. So confusing. Mixed messages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was so loved, but it wasn't unconditional. It was very, very confusing. That's why I said, like, I had a normal childhood. My mom was very, very loving, but um, I don't know if she was trying to, yeah, I mean, the internalized fat phobia. You know, you yeah. want your children to be a certain way so that they're accepted and, and succeed, and this is the body that one is supposed to look like. Yeah. And it's not just women it's men too so um so then getting into high school you're doing perfectionist behaviors you're succeeding academically yeah except for that freaking biology class yep 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 uh, <laughs> and what are you doing socially what does your friend circle look like what are you how are you uh yeah i ran cross country okay um uh, my dad said we had to do a sport in high school do you stick with because it's catholicism right uh oh yeah uh lutheran oh, okay yeah like, i thought catechism was only catholic um i guess I I'm think wrong. it's it the catechism that i heard from all my catholic friends was like it was so much more casual yeah. what versus, does catechism mean isn't it i don't even know <laughs> i don't know either and then Religion in lutheran it was intense i had like exams and papers to write okay. and it was yeah it was like a whole that was why my mom was like it's a whole extra class for them on top of school yeah so, well and i only asked too because like catholics have confirmation at one well, yeah, point so we then did do the confirmation can, oh, yeah so yeah. did you choose to stick with it at that point um, I think by the time we were in high school, I don't think my dad could convince us. Like, I think all, all through high school, I don't, I was never deciding to go to church. I was forced to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, in high school though, when I was a senior, my, have you, do you know Young Life? Have you ever heard of a Young Life? It's like a youth group situation. Um, but it's, it's, it's Christian. Um, my sister started going to young life. It was like Friday nights. There was like a young life house and it was all teenagers. They served pizza. So, you know, your girl was going. So I started going to the young life cause I was like, I want pizza and I want to hang out with these people. Um, it was, and I actually ended up really liking it. It was the first time that, um, that religion was put into layman's terms yeah. and like, why does this matter to me as a teenager? It, it, I really, really liked it. Um, I felt as a very anxious person for the first time, I felt that spiritual connection of like, I felt supported and trusted. I felt this like connection that I had not previously felt before. Yeah. Um, we can talk more about how that continues once I go to college, but keep yeah. go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, college is a whole other part, but the where do you end up going to college? I imagine you have your selection with your grades and whatnot. I went to Michigan state okay. because that's where my dad went. Oh. So that was really, I think I applied to a few other schools, but I knew I was going to Michigan state. I always knew my dad would take us there. Um, his parents live in the middle of up north Michigan. And every time we went up to see them, we would stop at Michigan State. My dad would drive us around. We'd bring our bikes. It's the old bar. Exactly. Yeah. So I was going to Michigan State. Um, in hindsight, I kind of wish I had expanded <laughs> my, uh, I think I might, I could have done well at a smaller school. 
Because once I went away to Michigan State, I was pretty lonely. I was pretty lonely. Um, uh, why, why, like, as somebody that up until this point has described herself as, like, talkative and yeah. outgoing, yeah. what... Where does loneliness come in? So when I went, when I, oh boy, when I went away to Michigan State, I had started, I had just started dating a guy again that I, we had dated on and off throughout middle school and high school. Oh, wow. My love of my life. (laughs) Sounds Um, like it. Yeah. And he had, we dated on and off through middle school and high school and he had broken up with me every single time. And then when I was going away to college, I think he had a, oh, shit, if I don't act on this now, yeah, she's going to, I'm going to lose her. And so I was like, oh, my God. So I was going to Michigan State, but I was still dating this guy, and he was still in Gross Point. And so when I was away at college, um, I didn't want to be there. I was, like, excited to be there, but I also didn't want to be there. I just wanted to be where he was. Um did he I, replace your mom as like the new safety person to be around? Maybe. Yeah. That, 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 I think that would be appropriate to say. I was finally getting his attention. We were finally, you know, I was finally being accepted fully by him. Um, and in college, um, hmm. It's, and this whole thing is interesting. Even on the way here, I was thinking about, like the story you have in your head of your life yeah. it's because we just did our intake assessment practice with Ashley. Yeah. She was who I was doing it with. And somebody else asking you questions about these things that you think you, you have this, like yeah. the things you, the, the spiel, or is that the right word? The, the, the things you say about this. Well, thing you have a happen. narrative yeah. that you, yeah, you, this is, this is my narrative and you've probably said it a billion times right. and then, Someone asks you the right question where you're like, yeah. oh, fuck, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so this week has felt like I'm really curious about revisiting this narrative. Yeah. And so now it's timely that I'm here. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, college. Well, can I can I ask you some questions leading up to that? Yeah, yep. Kind of glossed over high school, but. You, and, and you, you joke about your body. Mm-hmm. And I... I recognize that defense mechanism. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering if the on, on again, off again, but he's always breaking up with you, right? At some point, if you're just hearing that story as an outsider, you just be like, why did you keep getting back together with mm-hmm. him? But it sounds like you didn't really like yourself right. and he was someone that liked you. Yeah. And you were like, I, I got to go to that, I guess, because right. I can't provide that for myself. So I got to go to someone that's going to provide that for me, yeah. regardless of yeah. whatever the other circumstances. Yeah, are. I had pretty low self-esteem, low body image. Yeah. Um, How did that show up in high school then? Let's let's stay in high school. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I think grades and being involved with extracurriculars i was always very busy i was just i was succeeding on the outside but inside i was struggling pretty pretty lonely yeah did that manifest as like 
Sunday nights I sit home and cry. Or it's like, what is it like? No, I would I'd binge eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would um, get home after school. Um, and if no parents were home, I got to eat whatever I wanted. I got to sit still to this day, sitting in front of the TV and having a good snack is like my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Did it get to the point where you'd classify it as like the early stages of an eating disorder that you've hinted at happening later? Um, I think it. I was well teed up for an eating disorder <laughs> okay. in high school. At one point, my mom and my grandparents put me on this like NutriShake system in the guise of health um so there was i remember probably two months or so um i had to have a shake in the or a shake in the morning a shake at lunch and a healthy dinner and a healthy dinner That's yeah the slim fast way exactly back, yeah back in the day and yeah. It was, i just remember going to school with my fucking shake and everybody else is getting to eat lunch and i'm eating at first it tasted good it was a vanilla shake and yeah. i like vanilla oh yeah and then after a while it fucking sucked um there was like supplements i had to take too um yeah i'm sure if i was a more angry and rebellious kid i could have put up more of a stink about it but just a kid man mm -hmm. yeah these people love me they're saying it's for health i probably have to do it for health yeah um and that just plays more into the narrative of like low self-worth and i'm not good enough for people that love me yeah and again like then there's a guy over here that's like I like you. Yeah, I actually had a lot of boyfriends in um Were these the in-betweeners? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um I really liked having attention um yeah. on me from other people. Yeah. And I, I I imagine especially if you can whether it was or not categorize it as positive attention instead of what probably felt a little negative right. from the shakes and the right. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so then college. So then college. <laughs> you go away. You're away from home for the first time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's funny because East Lansing felt so far yeah. from from home. Two hours away. Yes, yeah, two hours away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't know that I was necessary previously said I was excited. I think I was scared, but you know, this is what people do. This is what I'm supposed to do. So yeah. I'm going to do it. Um, I was originally going to go for education. I was going to be a teacher. Yeah. And then at the end of high school, I won a photography award. Ooh. I was, a f I was into photography in high school and that changed the trajectory. Everyone was like, are you sure you don't want to do something more creative? And I was like, maybe um and i had a friend who was in my photography classes who was going to michigan state for advertising creative advertising and i was like i don't know what that is but i could do it she can do it i can do it and i just changed my degree on a whim um so i went away to college um i food wise this was the first time that I was away from home. Like you said, I had yeah. full reign of the cafeteria. Yeah. It was, I would eat so much food. Um, 
I would have like a pizza and a sandwich and dessert and at every meal. Yeah. Um, I had no, I was not in tune with my hunger and fullness cues. I was just so like, oh my gosh, my eyes were like huge. And, but I also felt, like I said, I felt really lonely um, going into second semester. I was like, I, I also made a friend that first semester um, we were in a class together and she just ran up to me after and she was like, do you smoke weed? And I was like, yeah, I smoke weed. She's like, you want to go smoke weed? <laughs> so we just developed this friendship. Um, I had started smoking um, when I was eight, just like probably senior year of high school, yeah. not regularly at all. Um, and then with this friend started, started smoking A little weed. weed buddy. Yeah, weed buddy. <laughs> I thought she was so cool. Um, but, um, like I said, I was feeling very lonely, disconnected, and I decided to seek out a youth group. I was like, maybe spirituality is what's missing. Missing. I really felt that connection in, yeah. in, at the end of high school there, and I'm bummed I didn't get to have that longer. So I was like, maybe I can find that here. Yeah. And so... I remember speed dating a few different youth groups and I found one that I was like, okay, I think this could be, this could be cool. Um, you know, make some friends. Um, there was people from my high school that were at Michigan state and it was always nice to see them, but I didn't have now, like now that I have great deep relationships, I'm like, I didn't have that then. Um, and so I found the the youth group and then I remember I was so excited to tell this new stoner friend that I w- had found this and I was so excited. This was a trauma that ended up. I was going to say, uh-oh. <laughs> she went fucking off on me. She was like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. She, I remember she was walking me to a job interview I was going to have. She's like, are you fucking serious? You believe in that shit? Those are all stories. Yeah, pothead that... and organized religion don't usually mix mm-mm, very well. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> no. Uh, she was just screaming at me. And I, in my religious upbringing, had not really been taught to critically think about it and have my own answers for why... I believed in this or why because mom and dad told me so yeah 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 because dad told me so um and and I did feel this spiritual connection but I it was a feeling and I didn't have the words for why or how or you know I didn't have the defense to to back up my 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 faith or so I thought so that like a light switch (laughs) flipped me to um, I don't want anything to do with religion now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not doing that. And that I remember, I don't really remember, but I remember recapping it. And there was probably like three months where I felt like my whole world had been flipped upside down. I didn't know. And that I've never really put two and two together, but that's probably when my eating disorder went full, full yeah. blown. I went the complete opposite direction of first semester of eating as much as I could to eating as little as I could. Mm-hmm. I would have, a, and do not recommend this diet, I would have coffee and an apple in the morning. I would have raw vegetables and grilled chicken at lunch and at dinner. And I would go to the gym for two hours every single day. I lost a lot of weight 
in like two months, two or three months. And everyone told me how great I looked. And you get on this cycle. A little validation train. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I imagine. So, because you mentioned control being a thing for you. And I I have to think like the religion aspect, like getting thrown out. You're just grasping at something. Oh, and yeah. That was something that you could this easily could like easily control right, well, my body. Is, yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. Yep. This is my new focus. This takes up all the extra energy that I have. However, that's only sustainable for so long. Restricting yeah. for for so long. It's I. I'm sure other people who who have navigated similar journeys, I can remember what's in my mind as my thinnest day. I remember it. I remember the number on the scale. I remember what I did. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what we did. We were at the beach. I was in France. Um, and the funny thing is, as many will say, I still remember feeling fat. And I look back at pictures of myself and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Just, your thinking is so distorted. It's so sad. Um, I'm starving myself and everyone's telling me how good I look. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. So that then the restrict spun into binge restrict. So on top of the smoking weed, that was when I would, I probably, I could, then I could, so I could restrict all the time, but then it, it flipped into, well, I can only do this for a few days at a time. And then I would get high binge eat. And then the next day feel so much shame. That's the, um, binge restrict pendulum they call it there's no you're one or the other um and just so much shame i didn't really go out and like party that was you know how everybody made friends yeah yeah. i didn't really do that i would stay stay back and just get high and that was Mm -hmm. shameful too because i'm by myself i'm secretive so you weren't even like getting high with your friend you were just by myself getting all high and eating a bunch yep by myself yeah or so just like just darkness yeah. <laughs> just numb yeah, yeah. um and then what? and then my boyfriend would come and visit and he was a pothead so we would just get high together and then eat great food together and then he would leave and i would restrict and yeah are you with him all throughout college as well uh two two and a half years i think okay yeah what finally pulls the trigger on that yeah um so what pulled the trigger on that was my junior year of college my best friend and i um who's still my best friend we met in fourth grade and then re-met in sixth grade (laughs) um but her and i decided to go to california on a spring break trip i had an uncle that lived out there and so we were going to go visit I was pursuing, um, you know, creative advertising, um, dabbling in fashion things. I was the photographer for the fashion magazine at school. I always thought I'd move to New York. That was my plan. Um, I had interned in New York, all that. Um, Can we just sidebar photography? Like, you had to have been the last, like age group to have that even as an option i feel like especially in high school um because were maybe. you still doing film in yeah, high we school too yeah yeah, so yeah. That, that doesn't exist anymore i, I know a lot of schools sure? i'd be sad a lot it... of schools have like 
closed off the dark rooms oh, and stuff because it's all it's all digital. That's, it's funny because when we were doing film, so many of us were itching to get into the digital photography, but that wasn't until you got to photo two. Our teacher tried to be really strict around the boundaries of film. Photo one is for film. And now looking back, I'm like, thank God, because that was the best thing yeah. ever. Yeah. It was so cool. Um, Bygone era. Oh, my gosh. It was the so, best. California spring break. California spring break. Me and my best friend, as I would assume all best friends, you <laughs> have this dream of living together at some point when you're adults. But she would never move to New York. Yeah. So when we went to California... We were both there after like two days of being there. We were like, oh, what if we moved here together? She had always had this fantasy of living in California, but she would never leave Michigan by herself. That she's not, yeah, yeah. she's very family uh, oriented. Um, and I had, I don't know, I'd, California had never really been on my radar until we went and we were like, oh shit, this would be amazing. And we set the plan in motion there. And she was like, yeah, we could totally live together. I could live with you and your boyfriend. And I was like, I don't want to live with you and my boyfriend. I just want to live with you. And so I think when I went to California, it was the first time I had this taste of what my life could be. And it tasted good. Yeah. Uh, we loved California. We loved the food. We loved how active and outdoors everyone was. The sun was amazing, obviously. Um it was just the coolest place. Um, what do you credit that to? Because there's some level of either self-confidence, self-destruction, or resilience that allows you to be like, I can live on the other side of the country, and I don't need that boyfriend that I've been on and off with for the last decade and a half. It's probably shifting uh, my codependence to my best friend now instead. Is that how you look at it? Maybe, because I wouldn't have done it by myself. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I was planning on moving to New York. I had never, I think I had that in mind, but I hadn't fully flushed out the exact details of New York. I, mm -hmm. It would be nice to have happened, but... Um, being able to move to California with her yeah. um, felt safe, felt safe, even though it was scary. Um, I was also um, pretty successful. I think like I was a really good networker and like good at doing jobs. No shit. I know. I know. <laughs> so I was really good at connecting with people and networking and, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. So this is two and a half years into college. So do you guys finish out your undergrad and move to LA? So we said after we graduate, we will move. Uh, when I went back to Michigan, um, a few, a few details were at play. I met another person that was like, Oh, you seem really interesting and very opposite of my stoner boyfriend. Um, so I ended up breaking up with him, rebounding to this person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we set a plan in motion of after we graduate, we're going to move to California. And when do you, in all this, do recovery for eating disorder? Not till years, okay. years okay, later. Okay. So yeah, Continue all on. through college, I am still, everyone knows me as a stoner. I am this like weird, 
I guess it's not that weird, but this anomaly of huge stoner, but also gets shit done and is yeah. pretty successful. That is an anomaly in my it, experience. It's, yeah. <laughs> I was burning the candle at all. I was keeping up this facade. Yeah. My parents definitely didn't know that I smoked weed. Um, so, yeah. So, so I'm in California. Well, uh, we worked 10 months in Michigan, I worked. We worked about a year here in Michigan before, so I worked at Ford's ad agency. Okay. And then we moved out to California. Um, I got my dream job out there. Uh, when I was still at Michigan State, I joined this um, like networking trip. I got accepted to go on this trip, and so we spent a week in California um, visiting a bunch of Michigan State alumni that would have our group. So it was probably a group of 20 of us oh, with okay. two, two faculty. Um, so we got to go to a bunch of different ad agencies, a bunch of different um, communications companies. That's cool. And I remember when I walked into the agency I ended up working at, I was like, oh my God, this is it. And I gave them my resume. Um, and <clears> then <throat> 10 months after I graduated, we had set a plan. So we graduated in May and then we set a plan of the following year in the fall we would move but we're gonna you know try to get some experience under our belt save up a bit of money and then we'll go but the following year in like may i got a call from the agency and they were like we have a job that fits your blah 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 and i thought i was gonna like have to knock doors down and like really fight yeah. to get in there and all of a sudden my dream job is being handed to me and yeah. i was like oh my gosh I was like, okay, I can't do this now. It's not with the, upon the timeline that we're supposed to do this. Maybe they'll wait till I move in October. So, But then everyone was like, no, you go now. Yeah. So moved out to California. I was doing my dream job. Um, my best friend followed a few months later. Um, I loved work. I worked in, I was an art producer. So I was producing photo shoots and creative projects for a bunch of different Taco Bell, Walmart, uh, Dr. Pepper. Um, and yeah, and I made a lot of really, really cool friends there. Um, and my best friend ended up moving back after a year. Um, her sister was having a baby. Um, she was not working her dream job. Um, so she ended up moving back and I moved in with some friends that I had made, um, and I'm trying to remember the timeline. Does any of the traditional LA craziness get to me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely did coke in some bathrooms with cut with, with friends. With the guy I met on if, Craigslist. If that's what you're asking, um, I think definitely under that umbrella. I I I um I don't know. I didn't do. I didn't get too swept up in it. I did get swept up more in this, in the spirituality, yoga, dance yeah. um, scene. So I was, I became way more committed to my yoga practice. I was vegan. I was thin. I was practicing yoga like five days a week, hot, spicy vinyasa yoga. Um, I was going to ecstatic dance, which is actually sober dance parties um and i really love that that's i was i had uh after my my traumatic religious thing I, I i settled on being agnostic so um but 
um, it was around when I, it was when I was turning 25, I started, I was having a bit of a quarter life crisis of holy shit, um, hitting rock bottom of getting high, binge eating, just so disgusted with myself. What exhausted. does rock bottom look like in that? I was know. probably getting high and binge eating um, all the time. Like I would just not eat and then eat a ton. And I just, I couldn't keep it up anymore. But like, what was the, and you don't have to share this obviously, but like, was there a moment that you were like, I got to do something about this? Um, I think, I don't remember if there's an exact moment. I think it was probably like, um, I'm, I, I'm sure there was, I have a, I'm having a memory of being at my house that I was living at of like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, I had a coworker who had been casually talking about her therapist that she was seeing. Um, and I'm so grateful to her of just like casually talking about therapy. And that's, I think why I try to talk so casually about therapy now, even if I wasn't a mental health professional, I, once I started therapy, I became a mental health influencer. I was posting about <laughs> mental health and therapy on Instagram all the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not a huge surprise that people are like, Oh yeah, you're a therapist. Not that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was around when I was turning 25, I broke up with the guy that I was dating. I was like, you are not it. Goodbye. I started seeing, um, a therapist that I still see to this day. Shout out to Mia. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, so you oh, had left I do California. remember I, I had come across, um, this book called intuitive eating. Okay. I don't remember how, I got onto it, but I started reading this intuitive eating book and I felt so seen of, you know, people that have lived their entire lives dieting, how it doesn't have to be that there was a, um, I haven't read it. I read it when I was 25. So it's been, a, it's been a while now, but, um, highly recommend that book to everyone. Um, and then, so I sought out an intuitive eating certified counselor kind of got on and got on there what first came out of the therapy was i didn't know how to feel my feelings she would ask me how are you and i would i didn't have any other words other than good and fine yeah and so the That's... first <laughs> yeah well when you're i i wanted to bring this up an hour ago because when you're talking about your childhood i was like i'm sure we'll get here eventually but uh it didn't sound like and this is not a slight at anybody in your household, but it doesn't sound like it was an emotional household. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't. Yeah. My dad was a very, he, he, he had a short temper. He could get very angry yeah. very quickly, but there wasn't any repairs that ever happened. Um, when I did get emotional, my mom did the classic, shh, shh, it's fine. You're good. You're good. It's fine. I'm here. You're good. Yeah. Um, whereas now, when I see proper yeah. what you're well, not, I don't want to say supposed to, but what healthier validation and emotional processing and emotional intelligence looks like. Um, yeah. If someone had been able to give me the language of 
emotions and this naming is how you feel naming how you feel yeah. this is how you process yeah i turned to food i turned to people i turned to um numbing out um yeah yeah so so you start seeing somebody therapist yeah yeah yep and and everything all of a sudden is magically better. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. No. Um, it took a while. I honestly only stopped smoking weed like last year. Yeah. Um, I, a big catalyst for that, like, um, I was just always still hanging out with people that still smoked weed and, yeah. um, my, the person that, that my partner now doesn't smoke and, and, um, I think that's a huge part of it. I would still, you know, smoke at home sometimes, but I live at home. So it was always very tricky to like yeah. be I at home with my parents. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it took a long time. Um, but slowly, uh, the, fir I can't remember if she assigned me this homework or if I did it myself, but she, the first few times that I would go to therapy, she had this emotions list. It wasn't a feelings wheel. It was just a yeah. list of words. Yeah. And I started every morning I would, I don't know if I did a full meditation, but I at least checked in with myself and I tried to gauge what am I feeling? And then I would look at my little words list and try to like figure out what word matched. And what I learned are so many words that I had, I didn't really know what the definition was. And so I started oh, yeah. Googling them and just, I was expanding my vocabulary. Um, that's why I love that app that I shared yeah. with all of you. Right. Um <laughs> We can plug the app. <laughs> um, uh, Unless they give me a freaking yeah, discount yeah, code or something. Yeah. So I would just, today I am feeling word. Yeah. Um, and so slowly, you know, still something I work on with my therapist. I don't always feel all my feelings. Um, sadness is not a feeling that I feel very often. Recently I've been wondering. I more so just feel tired and low energy and part of, I've always just identified as anxious and I've yeah. lately been wondering if there's a bit of a depression um, thrown in there as well. I just, I never thought of myself fitting the bill of depressed. Um, but now I'm learning that depression looks very different on everyone. So what takes you out of California? Pandemic. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, uh, 2020 pandemic hits working in production, all production ceases. Um, How long are you out there at that point? I I had been out there for three years. Okay. Yep. So from 24 to 27. Um, so during the pandemic, I had a lot of time. I feel like this everybody. I had a lot of time to myself. I was kind of, I was doing a lot of yoga. I was doing a lot of meditation. I feel like I was treating it like my own little yoga retreat. We were, I was so, so lucky. I lived in a house with three roommates and my, and my dog. Um, but we had a backyard with like a wood deck and it was Maybe a little pod, little oasis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of yoga back there. I have a lot of videos on my phone of me like practicing handstands and just playing around back there. But I don't know. I, I remember um, when the it was a big a big pivotal moment was when the Black Lives Matter um, protests were happening in L.A. And I went to my first protest and just starting to have this like, what am I doing with my life? I do not feel fulfilled yeah. 
What is the point of being so stressed? I loved my job, but I was also very stressed out doing it, um, doing production. And I was like, what is the point of this, of selling Taco Bell and selling Walmart (laughs) to why? Taco Bell sells itself, for God's sake. When people are dying, like like, it just, it felt very... I was diving into um, white privilege and and racism and and yeah. just doing a lot of a lot of learning. Um, it was hard stuff, but I I I don't know if liked it was, but I felt I enjoyed doing this deeper discovery and understanding of myself and the mm-hmm. way things are and understanding of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I decided I started to get this feeling of moving back to Michigan the idea got planted and I was like why would I move back to Michigan uh, it was very confusing because the sun is stupid <laughs> I did eventually who needs beaches I eventually did not want sunny in 75 every day um but I came back to Michigan at one point we went I remember me and my family went to the UP for the first time we got a little cabin um and it was up there that I decided like hey I'm gonna move back to Michigan so moved back to Michigan. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and then and then you're like, I better go to grad school. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved back to Michigan. I was still working my job remotely because we were doing production remotely. So we Was that did you know that that was a limited time thing because you no longer lived in California? No, my the way I sold it to them was I'm going to move back to Michigan while we're all still working remotely. And once we come back to the office, I'll move back to California, okay. which was not what I was going to do at all. Yeah, I'm saying so internally, though, did you know, like, this the is advertising? a time thing? The, what, I, what do you mean? Well, you're working there because you just said you knew that you weren't going to move oh, back to California. Yeah, yeah. I was starting to look. You told them look, that, but you yeah. knew that, like, the job you're working I was starting to look will for eventually it. be yeah. ending. Yeah. I was starting to look for other jobs. Yeah. I didn't really want to go to another marketing agency. I didn't want to do advertising, but I didn't really know what else to do. Yeah. So I, that's why I moved back to Michigan, moved back to my parents' house. Let me regroup here. Um, and then I was scrolling through Indeed and found a marketing and branding relations job at a mental health practice. Mm. As soon as I clicked on the web page, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So like I said, I had become a huge advocate for therapy, huge yeah. advocate for mental health. Um, I was practicing yoga, all the things. Um, and with my therapist, you know, obviously I'd been working with my therapist this whole time. I had issues. If I could manifest my dream job, I said it would be working for a female-founded company, working um, to destigmatize mental health, and educating and empowering women and children. And I found this practice that was female-founded, destigmatizing mental health, and because women and children are mostly who goes to therapy, it felt like it fit that bill too. Yeah. So the fact that I got all three was just mind boggling. But um, so this practice, I still work there now. Um, they specialize in um, integrating yoga and mindfulness and art, um, all these different modalities into mental health counseling. And I had my interviews and with the interview with my now boss, which was only supposed to last like 20 minutes, it was a whole hour. We just kept talking. Um, but she was like, have you ever thought of being a therapist? And I was like, what? No. What? 
And <laughs> so that seed was planted. Um, a couple months later, I went through yoga teacher training. I kind of used it as a buffer of like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, because I had found this job and hopefully no one from my job listens or even if they do. I had found this job and I was like, this is still not quite it. Yeah. This, you know, um, this is the same job in a different font, as they say. <laughs> um and so I did yoga teacher training kind of as a buffer of like, what could it be like to be a student? Again, this is also not something I'm going to regret, you know, having yeah. in my in my in my um, tool belt. Um, and then once I finished yoga teacher training, I applied to grad school. And there, you are. And there I am. And here we are. And here we are. And now. Eight more people that are in grad school with us are going to be coming over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's, I, I mean, we're kind of, we're present. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you thought you would bring up? Um, I mean, I touched on the ADHD thing. Yeah. Getting that diagnosis last year was an interesting mind boggling thing that I think I'm still processing all the time. To feel like it explained a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely an eye opening thing. Um, I, when I was working at, or while well, during my tenure at, at my current job, I, we were facilitating this program of teaching mindfulness and emotional regulation to kids because we only clinically see 12 and up, but yeah. we had so many parents calling and asking about their kiddos. Yeah. And so we were like, let's just, we came up with this sex, sex, six, six, six session <laughs> program. Yeah. Not <laughs> that, a sex program. Not a sex a, program. Under 12. <laughs> a six session program where we would um, teach mindfulness, a bit of like CBT light, um, this is how your feelings affect your thoughts that affect your emotions and emotional regulation, but also teaching the parents. Did it feel like you were also kind of paying it forward and teaching little, uh -huh. little Margot, a you're teaching her percent. how to name her feelings. That was exactly yeah, huge reason why I became a therapist, I think. Um, but when working with those kids, my boss, so many of these kids kept presenting with ADHD. They already either either already had an ADHD diagnosis or I gave the recommendation that there's some, I think there's something else going on here. I yeah. think you should consider getting this kid tested. Um, and so my boss was encouraging me, you know, study up on ADHD, keep learning about it. You're going to keep getting this um, in front of you. And so I started reading scattered minds by gabor mate yeah. and i was like holy shit this is me but i kind of disc again i was like i don't fit the bill for adhd i was so good at school and um you know i don't have adhd There's... i hyper focused on different things. yeah I just, i'm fine <laughs> um so i kind of put it out of my mind until months later where we did a professional development session with our whole team and we had someone come in and talk about working with neurodivergent um and how do they call it hypersensitive or sensitive people yeah. um <laughs> and throughout this hour long two hour thing i just kept having like oh god oh shit that's me oh my gosh and i was i am not subtle so every time my jaw dropped it was very dramatic and i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> And at one point, my boss just like looked at me from across the room and she's like, yeah, 
this is you. There's something wrong. With so Margo. she she low key diagnosed <laughs> me like in that room in front of everyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I slowly started learning more, listening to different podcasts, info gathering. Um, eventually, um, I remember asking in that training because I had always just been like wearing my anxiety hat. Yeah. And she said something that sticks with me of, you know, I asked how often does um, ADHD go misdiagnosed as anxiety? And she was like, well, if you felt misunderstood and like you didn't know how to be in the world, wouldn't you feel anxious all the time too? And I was like, oh shit. Yep. Okay. That's fair. That's a fair question. Yep. 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 (laughs) So, um, yeah, because we were specifically talking about like, um, uh, like women and girls yeah. misdiagnosis and in, in ADHD and how it presents differently and autism and all these things. Um, so, so yeah, that's not us men. We should rub some <laughs> fucking dirt on it, bro. <laughs> You're all just five year olds bouncing around yeah. off the walls. It's Dicks easy, easy stuff. to see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, <laughs> fucking men. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. I what wish a fun I had, journey. I wish I had more specific memories of of things. And like I said, it's interesting to revisit these things that I've talked about and think I know. Yeah, I think of this podcast as a, a slice of life. Uh, not only just like you're telling the story of your life, but also how you view the story of your life right now. Right. And, yeah. you know, in a few hours... It might be different. Right. Yeah. You yeah. might be thinking about a story. We might have like a little fucking card game come up in a couple hours and you're really recap uh, a story and then be like, oh, that's not what I was just, you know, it's because yeah. that's so I really like it because it's just this little like time capsule of how I view myself at this moment. And yeah. it's going to change tomorrow. And it wasn't the same yesterday. And it's a fun little slice. And I think it's a good way to look at it, too, uh, later on when you're listening to this episode, because it'd be like. But wait, that's not how I feel now. Because I, I want to me. Trust me, you will feel that way eventually if you don't feel it immediately. That's what I was like, nervous about. Was I, like, yeah. I gotta say things exactly the way I mean them you know, because shit this, changes. People evolve. Yeah, I it's, appreciate it's you. It's very important yeah. to keep that in mind uh, as a guest, but as a listener, when yeah. people hear this stuff, because uh, you know we live in a technological age where stuff lives out there forever and. It's important, and, and I say this as, as like at the height of cancel culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not directed obviously at this, but generally speaking, like people change and evolve. Right. And while, like, yeah, some shit is terrible. Well, otherwise, you would never put anything out into the world, and yeah. then nothing would, you wouldn't get to. Yeah, don't yeah. Google me. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna. Oh, me and Margo had our chairs up this whole time. It's, it's very so, strange. I'm so comfortable. Uh, but I'm going to take my headphones off. Okay. <laughs> and scene. And scene. Cut. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Margo. I love hanging out with Margo. Um, it was funny thinking about that in the beginning and I'm glad I called her out on it where it's like, Oh, normal, normal. But you know, your mom's 
from France and <laughs> you go into France and it's interesting to think about, I, I don't know a better way to put this, but like white immigrant families, right? Cause, um, when you're a person of color or minority, it's, it can be a, a obvious, I guess, for lack of a better term that you're, you know, an immigrant or your parents were an immigrants or whatever that looks like. Um, but to have like first generation white immigrants, it's, it's, I almost was like, what questions do I ask? Is it the same questions? Cause there's still the cultural differences. Um, and I think some of that was expressed in, in Margot's story, but I don't know, something I thought about. Um, February is almost over. That's crazy, right? March is coming up. I have March is going to be insane. You know that? I don't think you know that. March is going to be insane. I have so much going on. I'm going on a few trips. Uh, got some deadlines. It's just crazy. Crazy stuff happening in March. Too much to talk about. And my other podcast for counseling students, Practically Practicum, uh, will be starting its second season in April, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on. And I am on break from school this week and feeling extraordinarily lazy. And I'm trying to lean into it. But man, is it's hard. <laughs> it is hard to lean into laziness which is not the person I used to be. <laughs> I used to relish in the laziness. And now, now I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess we'll see. Those, are, those, those boundaries are just as important, right? The boundaries of, of self-care and relaxation, as well as the boundaries of, of work and school and relationships, whatever that looks like. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. I'm not going to keep you in go on tangents. I have a lot of tangents running around my brain, but I also full disclosure would like to go to Starbucks and get a triple Americano right now. So I think I'm going to go do that. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I sure did. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.